We are knee deep in training camp. We are starting to see the injuries come in. Tim Patrick goes down today with a knee injury, takes him out for the rest of the season. And we are all panicking about our best ball teams now. Today, though, we have a special treat. We have Veronica Brill, very, very famous poker player. I think probably the most famous poker player there is on the planet. And she is coming and she has guaranteed me that we are going to draft the $2 million winning team today. So um, let's see if she's telling the truth. Welcome, Veronica. Thanks for joining us on the Spike Week football show. So I heard that intro, and that's not what I was told <laughs> when you I agreed to this. You guaranteed I, me $2 million. Yeah, I, I feel like my mother. I warranty you number one. Okay, we do number <laughs> one pick today. I warranty you $2 million. Um, I, there was no such promise for your viewers. I just would like to... Let the record show that I don't want to be in debt for $2 million today if we do not pick the correct draft. <laughs> well, the good thing for you is we won't know until, I think, January 1st or 2nd if it's the $2 million team. Perfect. So I'll change my address by then. The, the Lock chat you. will forget by then. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we were talking just a few minutes before the show, and you told me that all Canadians are, most Canadians grow up raiders fans and i'm curious as to why that is why the raiders so i okay let's just say from my area you you don't have a home team when you grow up in canada right so you've got to pick a team we all decided in edmonton alberta that we would be default raiders fans if you go to vancouver however they are mostly seattle seahawks fans that makes sense. but in alberta we are diehard raiders fans so i grew up Basically, I don't know if it was Miserable. the influence of uh, Easy E, but okay. um, yes, because he did influence Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> no, but like we're we were all Raiders fans from what from like high school. I remember wearing Raiders gear. Big statues for Easy E out in Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> Ice Cube. Look, I I got into Easy E and Too Short in Canada. Someone introduced them to me, and like. All my crew in, in uh, my high school class, we were all listening to West Coast hip hop. So, yeah, hell yeah, we got an Easy E statue at Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> it actually works <laughs> out for the lifestyle of a poker player, right? The whole Easy E woke up late at about noon. Like, yeah, just, exactly. just works out perfectly. So, that all makes sense. Yeah, Raiders, tough, 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 tough team to uh, follow. Hey, but we have a good stadium now. You know, you guys actually do have one of the coolest stadiums and they moved to Las Vegas, which I know you're there at least for the WSOP every year at this point. Something I used to attend kind of had to put poker on the back burner for other things. But um, and I talked to a lot of people in our discord, which is Spike Week, and we talk about how poker is very um in sync with best ball and drafting football teams. And it sounds a bit weird, but 
there's so much game theory for it and there's so many different levels of play like you start off at the beginning you don't know what the hell you're doing most of us still don't know what the hell we're doing to be perfectly honest but you kind of find your style of play whether you're a tight player you like to draft zero running back which we'll get into later or you're a loose player you like to draft robust running back like everything is strategy based and um the one difference I find between the best ball community and maybe you can back me up on this. I love poker and there's a lot of great people in poker. I find the gatekeeping and a lot of the poker um, people like very toxic to new players. I'm not sure if yeah. you see that as well. Uh, so a few things. I think poker is genuinely a microcosm of a lot of parts of life, whereas the most studied um, are the highest achieving or really bright folks tend to move up. Um, but if you're putting in effort, your game will be better. It's not just like all luck. And it sounds like uh, best balls the same way. Mm. Um, as far as gatekeeping, I mean, like me being a woman, uh, I feel like there's a ton of gatekeeping in poker uh, with information. I feel like there's um, there's the old guard, like the lo a lot of the older pros who have found a ton of success, like in the mid 2000s or late 2000s. They're um, they're hoarding a lot of the information. They're not keep they're not pulling in a lot of women into these circles unless the women are dating them. I've always made complaints about this, um, yeah. but I think though uh contradict a bit what you said i think there's a lot of really young savvy players especially playing online who are running sims uh and and solving spots that um a lot of like the older players were not able to solve or were more going on an exploitative route mm -hmm. and um they're very guarded with their information uh, it, it's hard to get into those discords with those pros, with right. the young 22 to 25 running Sims all day pros living in their mother's basement. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so, so there, I think there definitely is gatekeeping, but you have to think about the gatekeeping, why it's there, because uh, the information is very valuable. There's a monetary value to that information and, and they sell it in the form of coaching. Right. And I think that because best ball in particular is such a young version of like something that people are more open to discuss it. So that might be it. And it's not solved yet, or like even close to being solved on how to do it. So there's a lot of discourse over like, here's why I'm doing this. And people will talk about it and there's like disagreements, but it's from what I see 90% of the time it's civil. And to your point, this might change in 10 years when there's a little bit more, um, skin in the game and people are might become more guarded as well yeah i'm but, not sure how much money is on the line but i think if there's a ton of money on the line i think things will change right well i mean first place to this tournament that we're going to be entering is two million dollars um second place is a million so the money is there it's just uh like i said best ball didn't really get big well this is actually the first year it's blown up but last year it started catching some started catching uh catching on a bit. So I want to discuss what best ball is to you because you haven't had the fortune to play best ball yet. And I'm not going to dox you. I don't know what, what state you live in, but certain states you can't even play like Nevada. You're not allowed to play. Which I'm sucks. in California. 
So I think you could play if if you wanted to. And again, you're at the W the WSOP for a month of the year. It's going to be tough to play while you're in Nevada. So um let's see what we have a question here. Rob, did you send Veronica the Spike Week hot ones pack with hot dogs and hot sauce? Absolutely not. I would not wish that on anybody or make Veronica do that. We did some drafts where we did a hot ones and a hot dog eating contest. So you don't want any part of that. <laughs> I mean, don't let the pale skin, you know, steer you in the wrong direction. I do love some spicy food. Now, as far as like how spicy your hot ones pack is, I don't know. It was 800,000 Scoville, which I don't know what that means, but it was very hot and I went blind for about three minutes. Did you ever do that potato chip challenge with that one hot potato chip? No, but I have a feeling that's going to happen at some point and I'm not looking forward to it. I'm curious. I have not. I'm curious, like, at, once you do it, you need to get back to me and let me know which one is more spicy. Well, why don't you do it first and then we can compare notes on what happened to us. And I don't have that relative comparison yet, so I'm relying <laughs> on you to be my data. <laughs> Fair. So you go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for throwing me under the bus there. All right. So let's go over what best ball is, because I think this is a great opportunity to bring in new people to best ball, like we were talking about, and just explain um, the rules. So we're going to be playing on Underdog Fantasy, which is one of the sites you can play best ball tournaments on. And basically, you draft a fantasy football team. You have one quarterback that plays, two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex spot for wide receiver, running back, or tight end, and one tight end spot. No tight end. I mean, uh, no kickers, no defenses. So you're purely looking at offense, which is what everybody likes. You're drafting 18, 18 players, and the beauty is once you draft this team, you don't have to do anything to it. Every week it sets your best lineup for you. Um, you can't drop players. You can't pick up players. Your team is your team. So at the top of the show we mentioned injuries. Tim Patrick in Denver today. Went down with a knee injury. He's going to be out for the year. So if you drafted Tim Patrick this year, that team is already down one player. So that's where some of this game theory comes in. So how do you plan for injuries? Well, you can't. But you can draft players based on their contingent value to players that could get injured. So if you're drafting a, a backup running back, you're like, all right, I'm taking Alexander Madison, who plays for the Minnesota Vikings, because if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, then his value as like a 12th or 13th round pick shoots up to he becomes a first to second round value. So this is some of the game theory stuff. You need to be planning out your roster accordingly as you're drafting. So um, let's go ahead and I'm going to enter and I'm going to throw it up on the screen. It's reminding me a bit about of baseball where you're planning your batters uh, in a particular order in anticipation. And then like most, I think most of the time you can't switch it, right? Um, correct. So again, once you have your team, you cannot do anything to it. So we are drafting from the eight spot, which kind of sucks. We want to usually this year, we want a top five pick. There's five players that are amongst most people that consider the top five players and then things kind of drop from there. So uh, we'll have to see where we get here. And we're going to be showing off. Do you see how like we have like just the basic players here listed? There's nothing next to their name. Um, 
So we're going to do much like poker. We're going to apply our spike week overlay, which gives us a huge edge. Maybe if it pops up for me, some real time solving. There it is. So as you can see, this is not on most people's screens when they're drafting. We get to see some stuff that other people don't get to see with our overlay, where we can see how much we've drafted a particular player, how much, um, and then I have it set up so that I can see my player's ownership with his quarterback, and then my player's once they are drafted with my first, second, or third round picks. So that's where some of the game theory comes in, where we're trying to get teams that are a little bit unique, but also trying to get, you know, trying not to get too fancy, or if we want to get real fancy and pick the same player a ton. You'll see some players on my list that have very high ownership numbers, such as Jamar Chase. I've drafted over 300 teams, and I have 17% of my teams with Jamar Chase. So this is like an analytics overlay. That Correct. Okay. Yeah. Do people and, have access to this? So, yep. At Spike Week, we have... Um, we let them pay, let them pay. They can pay $25 a month and they can get this overlay. And it doesn't just come with the overlay. You go to the spike week page and it shows you even more analytics of your team so that you can plan out what you want to do in advance. So. Very uh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> best ball moderate says poker players getting involved with best ball kills EV, bro. I think bringing more people in makes the game more fun to be perfectly honest. All right. Uh, so we, well, I might win next year. So, uh, that's right. I, I just gotta, I gotta get the basics down today. Right. All right. So we are on the clock. We have 30 seconds. We can, um, if you want, we can draft Devonte Adams from the Raiders and Let's start our it. team off that way. So normally I would go like Stefan Diggs here, but I do have 17% ownership. I particularly like wide receivers a little bit more than running backs, especially in the back end of the first round like this. Um, that is very much one of the main contention points of discussions for strategy wouldn't, right now. Wouldn't you adjust your wide receivers to be depending on the quarterback? Uh, well, that that's part of it. It's how we want to stack our quarterback with a wide receiver, at least one of them. So yeah. if we, so if say we take. Um, I'm just saying if the quarterback has better stats with wide receivers than he does with running backs, right? Wouldn't, is that, is that a stat that exists? Well, you would be looking, your quarterbacks are, oh, we're looking to stack our quarterbacks with wide receivers, but to your point, there are certain running backs that work better with the, with the quarterback. So a running back like Austin Eckler, who's still on the board at this moment he catches a lot of passes. So we would be okay taking him and his quarterback uh, running back like um, Derek Henry, for example, who went off the board, he doesn't catch a ton of passes. So we would not, it would be negative correlation to trap him and his quarterback. Ah, so those, those are things you're looking at as you draft your team. And yes. So like that's, so we're getting into some advanced stuff at this point and i'm you know what i mean like that's that's where we're that's some of the game theory stuff though you're you're thinking ahead of most people already which is great so another thing we think of 
when we're drafting these teams is we drafted a LA Raider and they're LA Raider, Las Vegas Raider. Now we're looking at week 17 matchups because when we play this, when we get to week 17 is the last week of the tournament, right? And we are trying to win all the money. So we think that people that are playing each other, a positive correlation, I would have said we should draft Debo Samuel, but he gets drafted before us. Um, some other stuff, we are at the 17th pick. We can see that Najee Harris, not a favorite of mine, but usually he's the 10th pick off the board, so we get value by drafting him here, unless someone else is standing out to you right now that you'd like to draft. No, I'm going to go with what you want. <laughs> Feel free to throw things out there. I'm all about getting different, and then we can talk about the picks that we, we want to do here. Najee's not a guy I normally draft, but like, when he drops that much further down the line than, than he normally goes, it makes our team a bit more unique as well because now we've drafted two guys that normally go in the first round. So not a lot of people are going to have that. Um, so you can see some of our numbers starting to fill in here now. So like Mike Evans, our first pick was Devontae Adams. So 13% of the time I have Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. And then our second pick was Najee Harris. So 14% of the time that I have Najee Harris, I have Mike Evans. So, it allows me not to just keep drafting the same team over and over and over again. Got it. <clears throat> is some of this making sense? I know it's kind of like it is. It's making sense. I'm just curious, like if if you're drafting, I guess you can't see at this point if you've drafted someone uh, who's not the numbers don't work well, but because we just all of your teams are being drafted right now. Right. You know what I mean? If they if they didn't do well in a previous draft, you're not going to see it right now because this is all happening now. This, right. right. We're well, yeah. we're drafting all our teams before the season starts, so yeah. that's part of the risk factor, right? And we don't. Do you take in any consideration to previous year's data, like um, like more than last year? Um, absolutely. You're looking at last year's data, so you're looking. When you're really getting into the weeds, you're looking at players that have more opportunities to touch the football, just for starters. So you're want, you want running backs that are going to get more carries than players from other teams. So like Derrick Henry, for example, he's going to get more carries than most players because most players are splitting backfields. So where he gets the ball most of the time, other teams might be splitting that workload. Um so you're so looking at stuff like that. When you see QB1 and um, uh, running back, I'm assuming RB is running back 15. Those are, mm. That's uh, the place of their draft that they're like the QB1 is like your quarterback. That's a first round draft pick, right? Yes, exactly. Good call. Okay. That's that's perfect. Yeah. So Josh Allen is normally the first quarterback off the board. Kyle Pitts is normally the third tight end. James Conner is usually 15. Okay, let's grab got it. let's grab Josh Allen as we were talking through that. But that's that's a great um, point to bring up that I didn't even think to where as you're drafting, you can see what they're normally drafted at at their position. And if you look over here, you can see their normal spot being drafted in the draft itself. So Kyle Pitts is a tight end three. He's usually the third tight end off the board. But you saw that he had a 33 ADP, which is, you know, his average draft position. Whereas, like, the 16th wide receiver is 
right around the same ADP. So it's just showing you that running backs and wide receivers are being drafted more frequently beforehand, um, which gets you to positional things like tight end, where the top tight ends are considered more valuable than, you know, way more valuable because to the point you were making, that position itself just the the volume of work is so low in general that when you have guys that get like elite production they go way higher than uh guys that are a little bit further down the list so So just to clarify for me you picked one mm -hmm. player then everyone else starts picking and then it goes back to you whenever everyone else is done we all go one at a time Mm -hmm. yep it works like it's called the snake draft so it just goes from one to twelve and then that order reverses for the next round, and then it keeps reversing back. So that we are under no obligation to draft a quarterback on our very first pick. We can pick whatever at any what, time. Whatever we want. Some people don't draft a quarterback until the 12th, 13th round, depending on the type of build they're going for. Now, we've already drafted Josh Allen at quarterback, who is ranked the number one quarterback. So we're going to want more than one quarterback because of, you know, just the way that he's not going to be the top scoring guy all the time. Yeah. So we, and, they're, we, and they're very sensitive. They get injured a lot. They, they can get injured. <laughs> that's for sure. And then you're screwed. So if we're looking at our list right now, you can see that Jalen Waddle is the top wide receiver. But if you look at Gabe Davis, his name's highlighting in yellow. That's because he, we have drafted his quarterback. So that ah. bumps up what we want. And that's part of our overlay. So that tells us that, that gives a little bit of a bump to that player for us because we want one of our quarterbacks wide receivers. Yes. Because if Josh Allen does well, that means that Gabe Davis is probably doing well to the point you were making earlier. So they are positively correlated um, where, you know, if Gabe Davis scores a touchdown, he gets six points for it. But if Josh Allen throws a touchdown, he gets four points for that. So we have them both. Josh Allen throws Gabe Davis a touchdown. That's 10 points for us right there. Ah. Right. Is that the same? I guess it's for all the offense running back too, right? Right. But the, you know, the running back can just get a handoff and score. So that doesn't count as a pass. So if he scores six on a handoff, Uh. your quarterback's not getting the four unless he throws it to him. Oh, that's good to know. Right. So that's why you're not always some running backs catch a lot of passes. Some don't. So those are the things you want to know about these players as you go into it. Um, And with the quarterback position that we brought up, Josh Allen runs the ball a lot. So you get more points for rushing yards than you do passing yards. So now we have a quarterback that does both. He gets elite production over a quarterback like Tom Brady, who I love Tom Brady to death but he never runs. So he's never going to have that rushing upside. So that's why you'll see him go way further down the line. So total different strategy in putting together a team here. That's Mm -hmm. that's quite interesting. So the rushing yards, explain to me how they're worth more than passing yards. So one rushing yard is worth 0.1 point. So every 10 rushing yards is worth one point. So if a guy runs for 10 yards, he gets one point. Passing yards is 0.04 per passing yard because they're easier to get, right? So, like, you throw the football 10 yards, it's a lot easier to do than a guy running for 10 yards. 
which is why you'd want one of your wide receivers to be paired up with your quarterback so you get that double points. Well, yep, because now we go to catching. If a guy catches a 10-yard right. pass, he gets one point. So rushing and receiving yards are worth point one. Passing yards are the ones that are scaled down a bit because otherwise your quarterback's value would just be through the roof because they're throwing for 300 yards, two to 300 yards a game, where running for, or catching off 400 yards is like considered really good. Yeah. So that's what you're looking at as you draft these teams. So in our draft, you can see that the quarterbacks aren't going off the board. People tend to push quarterbacks sometimes. I do not like to do that. I personally like elite quarterbacks. You can see I have 40% ownership to Patrick Mahomes, which is a crazy number. Um, so what I think we need to do is I think we need to grab another wide receiver right now. Let's do it. I'm all about the wide receivers. Perfect. So we could grab Darnell Mooney. We see that he plays Buffalo in week 16. I just personally do not like that. Um, Chicago offense. So I think we're going to grab a Monroe St. Brown. He plays for Detroit. He had a great back end of the season last year. Still a really risky guy to take but i think he's uh just someone i've been targeting a We're little part, more lately we like the high variance lifestyle here us ex-poker players well to your point <laughs> high variance is huge in this because because you're trying to win a tournament that's like the main event right yeah like you don't want to min cash this you want right. the two mil perfect like so you're after my own heart with that because a lot of people are drafting i got into an argument discussion with a guy who said that we should have exposure eight percent exposure to all players which would make you just balanced across your entire portfolio and i'm like no i want to take stands on players because i want that chance of winning the tournament i don't care about min cashing does nothing yeah. for us. Min cashing. You can draft 150 teams. That's how many you're allowed to draft for the tournament. You and then you're cut off. So of that 150, I want, I want the best chance of winning the tournament. That What's I the buy-in for this? This is $25 per team. Oh wow, that's not bad. Well, to potentially win two million dollars. Right. Sign me up. So we'll make our next pick and we'll kind of explain the tournament, but there are cheaper buy-ins too. There's, they just released the puppy three. And I think first place for that is $200,000 if I remember correctly. And that buy-in is only $5 per team. So oh, you that's can, very nice. It's very a nice, affordable. it's a nice entry point for people that are um, getting their feet under them. So for me right now, I would keep pounding wide receiver. You can start three wide receivers and a flex spot. So if we have some of the best wide receivers in the game, then we are rotating that heavily. And as we can see, I really like Devonta Smith. I have 28% exposure to him right now. And then he's, I do have heavy ownership with all the other players we've drafted, but when you have 28%, it's going to kind of work out that way. Um, so these tournaments, the way they go is you're in a room with 12 people right now, right? And weeks one through 14 of the NFL season, you are playing with these other 11 people that whole time. And the, at that point, 
the top two advance to week 15 with the okay. field of the other people. From that point on, it's a single elimination week every week. And you can't, again, adjust your players. Like you're stuck with what you have. Nope. That's the beauty of it. You have your team and this, the underdog site sets your best team every week, which is great too, because a lot of people in like season long stuff, they'll draft, they'll draft Josh Allen like we did. And they'll draft like say Derek Carr from the Raiders. Well, they're going to start Josh Allen every week because he's Josh Allen, but some weeks Derek Carr is going to have a higher score. So if we have both of those in best ball, it's going to put our best score in there. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to be like, damn, if I had just started Derek Carr this week, I would have, you know, scored 10 more points or whatever. So what's the fun for you if you're doing all this drafting and everything now and you can't do anything after, what's the fun for you? Sweating it? Well, you get to sweat it and you get to drafting is some of the most fun you can do in fantasy football, right? Like that's what people love to do. They love to draft. I've already drafted about 300 teams. Sorry if you guys are picking that up. Is someone dying in your house? My my dog has kennel cough and it's very, it's sad, but he's fine. He's fine. He just, uh, he's a little sick. Is it something they get when they go to a kennel because other dogs get them sick? That's generally how they get it. And my dog does go to daycare, but weirdly enough, he hasn't gone in two weeks and he still managed to get it because... He's very lucky and he just manages to get everything that everybody has. Oh, he's sensitive. He's very sensitive, but he's the best. He might, you might see him pop in behind me in a second or so. Um, so are we getting another wide receiver? I see. So for me, I would be grabbing another wide out. Um, something we can be looking at. It was brought up in the chat from best ball moderate. He says you need some 49ers week 17 versus the Raiders. So I don't disagree with him. We can be looking at taking, if we wanted to do that, it would be a little early, but I'm not opposed to it. We could take Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco. They play Las Vegas in week 17. So that gives us a week 17 game stack where we have Devontae Adams playing against Brandon Ayuk. So if it's a high scoring game in week 17, then we have a piece from each of that game where they're just going back and forth. So they're positively correlated basically. So, and as we'll take him, and as you see, Las Vegas lights up in green here because it shows us our week 17 and 17 matchup. And that's part of our overlay as well. Normally, you would just be seeing Brandon Ayuk right there. So, you can see on our overlay the teams that they play in week 16 and week 17. Um, And names will light up in green as well to let you know that you have a correlated player in your lineup already. So... That's uh, another. And that's only available in the overlay, folks, right? Right, right. $25 a month gets you the overlay. um, And gets you the $2 million. And gets you the $2 million. It's honestly changed the way I've drafted because we launched this about a month ago. So I was drafting without the overlay and then just looking at some of my exposures after the fact. But being able to see it in real time, it's, it's almost not fair to other people that are drafting. Right. It's like someone being able to pull up a poker chart or a solver at the RTA real time assistance. Yeah. Right. And no one else has it. Like, it's just it's almost it's almost not fair. But. Theoretically, it is. 
because everybody well, has they can access have to it, it, right? Yeah. Right. Everybody has access to it. So right now, actually, we'll go over our team after. Es- our essentially, next if you don't have it, you're raw dogging life, guys. So go out and get it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your, as we get to our next pick, I know it's probably a little overwhelming for the first draft, especially with the 30 seconds per pick. What is your thoughts so far? As in what you think we should be? I thought we were drafting. a. We already got our wide receiver, right? Our third wide receiver. Yeah, we have. So if you look at the top we here. We have our quarterback. We are. Our name is King Coakley on this. So we have one quarterback. We have one running back and we have five, five wide receivers right now. So we need a tail end, right? A uh, tight end. We could tight be, end. <laughs> tail end. Same thing. <laughs> we we could we, be we tailgate in football games. I'm that's good at right. that. Yeah, let's do it. That's that's where we need the tail ends. Um, <laughs> I personally would be waiting on tight end still. And for me, it's going to sound weird, but I would probably be looking at another wide receiver. Or maybe a second running back. Remember, you're starting two running backs. Uh, for me, I don't hate Chase Edmonds. I don't hate Damian Harris. Any of those names pop out to you that you uh, prefer? Um, it looks like you enjoy Chase Edmonds a little bit. Uh, no, the the percentage on the left is the ones that you're usually using, right? So, right, Damian so, Harris. So I have a little bit more Damian Harris. I believe in him. A little bit more than others, just based on, um, just based on, he's in a two a two man system in New England. A lot of people like the other guy, Ramondre Stevenson, who I do like a lot, which we might be able to get in a little bit. Uh, but for me, I think Damian Harris is going to get more run than others believe he's going to get. So that's why I have a higher percentage, higher percentage of him than others do. Do you look at your opponents and like we can see what everyone else has drafted so far? Uh, like yeah. this guy has three running backs, three wide receivers. Do you does that change your strat at all? It could, depending on what I'm trying to do. Um, if I notice somebody doing something really, really weird, and or we can look at their players as well. I don't really do that on the streams because it's a little harder to do while we're talking, but say I wanted a particular quarterback, I might check to see if any of the guys past me have their wide receivers or if they have a quarterback and see if it makes more sense for me to grab them now. So this guy, Ginger Sauce, is drafting, talking about weird. He drafted Jameis Winston. If we go look at him, Jameis Winston, he took him with pick 96 overall. His average ADP, his ADP is 152. So he's reaching and grabbing a guy like five, five or six rounds ahead of where he should go, which is probably not optimal, right? You, you know why? Get... Because he doesn't have the overlay. That's that's right. He's raw-dogging his choices. He needs He's got some a... data science to help you. Right. Um, but we can pick up on stuff like that. And I'm okay with grabbing guys a little bit early, but that's like egregious. Like that is next level Terrible. egregiousness. It's embarrassing, actually. It is. He should. mom. I mean... His he does have the name Ginger in there, so that's probably you know Ginger Sauce. I'm embarrassed for you. You bring shame to family. <laughs> it works really well with the ears that you have on when you do the voice. 
I love it. My mother voice. Yeah. Veronica, yeah. you have damaged brain. What's wrong with you? <laughs> are those rat? What are those? Are those like fox ears? These are bunnies. What do you mean rat? These I have two bunnies. Bunny well, look, I have two bunnies. Okay. Well, they're, the you know, they're cosplay bunnies. I yeah. have a girl in my discord who creates mm -hmm. uh, cosplay outfits and she has made me many sets of bunny ears or ears, I should say. Nice. nice. So um, I have lop ear rabbit. Well, I, now I have one lop ear with the long floppy ears. And then I have one that's a lion head that has like the lion mane. So. Are they, do they have personalities, bunnies? I've never hung out with bunnies. They do. They, they, they all have their own little independent personalities. We are on the clock. I'm going to grab Sky more. Do it. Because I like to have a piece of the Kansas City offense on every team. So we're going to grab Sky more here. <laughs> Thank you. You remember, you promised me $2 million here. Yes. So, I'll write so my, you a check for it. Thank you. So my first rabbit was Harley, who I got about seven years ago. And she was this all white, blue eyed, lop ear um, rabbit who was very sassy. She like, but she had her own personality. She liked to be pat on her head. She liked her treat. She would jump up on the couch. She would hang out with me. And then I got this all black lop ear um, named Bruce. And he was very feisty. Like he would pick things up and throw them and it was just so they do have their own personality and now unfortunately harley passed away but i have this other rabbit Aww. waffle who he has his own personality too where he's just this complete lunatic but they do make great pets i Dave have Ver uh i have plants you have what plants. did you say did veronica send you the what did Veronica send you twelve fifty for fifty percent equity? Yes, she did. She sent it to me on uh, Monday We're, night. We will be sharing the good fortune. Yes, exactly. Confirmed on air. My lawyer is aware of it. <laughs> exactly. Get once the taxes get involved, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to be coming back up on the clock right now. We have a one two six zero build. So we're kind of holding off on tight end, which I am more than fine with. We could We've be renamed it tail end now. <laughs> tail end. That's right. Tail end. So we're going for a quarterback. Let's see. We're going for, well, I'm looking at quarterback. I was hoping to see Derek Carr there still, but it looks like somebody drafted him. We could have stacked up our, our Raiders. We could be grabbing a third tight end, or do you want to grab Aaron Rodgers? and get quarterback done. I like Aaron Rodgers. Let's grab him. And you don't use him very much. Why is that? So based on the way I build my teams, he's kind of in a range that I normally don't grab a quarterback, what, a sec, my second quarterback. Which um, is What's that range? What do you mean? So I usually grab an elite quarterback, which is when you grab a quarterback between rounds three and six, we'd say. And at that point, that quarterback, you've invested so much draft capital in him, like we do with Josh Allen, that for me, my second quarterback at that point, I'm usually taking the 13th or 14th round because I want, I'm usually trying to get a lot of wide receivers and running backs to uh, fill out those spots. Because again, you're, you're starting two running backs, 
you're starting three wide receivers, plus you have that flex spot. So I'm trying to get a high volume of really good guys at those positions. Now, I like taking Rodgers here to uh, to mix it up a bit, though. So you have no say in your flex spot? Nope. It'll put in your best your best player. So if you were going to draft probably two or three tight ends, if two of our tight ends are our top two scoring players, it'll put one of them in the flex spot. Not likely to happen, but it could happen, right? You could have a tight end, two tight ends go and score three touchdowns. It would be uh, very nice for us if that were to occur. But um, yeah, so your flex spot is usually, though, going to be a running back or a wide receiver. So that's why we're trying to just load up on wide receiver, get a really good portfolio of those players. And again, we're trying to score the most points we can, especially in week 17. It's starting to come together a little bit. It takes, it takes a while to really, you know. I think it, it reduces the complexity and makes it uh, manageable for recreational football fans Mm-hmm. that you're only drafting offensive pe- offense you know you're not you're not having to deal with a, like an entire massive team right you're just drafting the fun part of football which is yeah. offense you don't have to worry about defenses like even a lot of home leagues you don't pick defensive players but you'll pick an entire defense like best ball has gotten rid of that and usually you have to pick a kicker and kickers suck nobody wants to deal with kickers so it how, reduces how you, all that. How do other fantasy football leagues give points for defense? Um, that's a great question. As someone who still manages a home league um, that has defenses, I have to look at the defensive scoring every year, and I'm like, I still don't understand this completely. But it's basically, the if points are scored against them, the more and more points, the, they start with 10 points. Right. And then as points are scored against them, they lose they lose points for that. But if they get a sack, they get a point. If they intercept the football, they get two points. If the defense scores a touchdown, they get six points um, are the general basics of that. So different different um, scoring systems for different home leagues, usually. But it's not as face up and easy is what you're saying. Exactly. Because to your point where they you're not doing an individual player but you're encompassing what 11 players are doing so you're you're encompassing the entire defense in there so like i said one sack is one point a touchdown is worth six points but if they get a touchdown scored against them it's usually negative seven for the first one but then that number reduces and then there's a certain level that caps off and it's uh it the defense does get overwhelming so when you said it's easier for casual people to come in and play this, I think you're a hundred percent right. You're, you're just removing that element of it, which I think is great. Right. And if you get the overlay, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you have a lot of help and uh, makes the decisions you, a lot easier. Makes the decisions way easier. So now like we look at Ronald Jones, we see that we have him 13% of the time. We have him 10% with our first round pick, which is Devontae Adams. But look, we've never drafted him with Najee Harris. So if that's a combination we wanted, we know how to get it now. I feel like you got to show some love to Ronald Jones. 
You want to draft Ronald Jones if he's there? Ronald Jones, Ronald. I feel like I heard you say Ronald. I might have. I sometimes destroy the English language. So I often destroy names. <laughs> I am the worst person with names. I um I play a lot of like local poker games when I can. And I have friends that play them and they'll be like, hey, you know, Bobby, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nope. They're like, you've played with him for 10 years. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I think there's just a certain brain type that just isn't about remembering names. If you're more analytical, maybe names are not your forte. I will tell you a hand I played with that man five years yeah. ago, though. Right? I yeah. will tell you exactly. I'm like, yeah, he opened under the gun with two, three off. I three bet him for some reason he called. And uh, yeah, that's stuff I remember. So It's just the way your brain works. So what are we doing here? We're doing another wide receiver. So we're going to grab a wide receiver. I don't have a lot of Christian Watson. We can see I have never drafted Christian Watson with any of the players we've drafted. But I'm he's not... on the team of one of our quarter quarterbacks. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. He's Aaron. He's with Aaron Rodgers. So we get that stack. He correlates with our week 16 and 17 matchup. And it's going to get us a unique spot with him. So I think it's the perfect time to grab um christian watson on this team are you allowed to swear on your show absolutely let's fucking go yes christian watson <laughs> let's go let's hope he does something this year he um, will i wouldn't do you <laughs> best ball moderate says we need an accountant to win best ball mania to take best ball to money maker levels i don't know if there's like a good name like his name's perfect for that whole situation, right? There's a study out there that says that we grow into our names. Like if you want your son to be a dentist, you should name him Dennis, you know, stuff like that. Really? There's certain names that correlate to engineering, certain names that correlate to nursing and whatever, uh, and stripper names, you know? Uh, nice. so what's, what's Veronica for? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> Veronica was meant to be. No, I don't think Veronica was in the study, but it was like very a study of very common names. So moneymaker, you know, he was just I don't destiny. believe in destiny, but it kind of feels <laughs> like it was meant to be right. Yeah, it's almost like a simulation. It's like it's too perfect. Like it was just too I, perfect. to happen. There's a greater than zero percent chance we're in a simulation. That's what I, I think. completely agree with that. So my name's Rob. So that just makes me a felon, I guess, for uh for the future. Uh, I know a lot of mediocre poker players that are named Rob. That's perfect. <laughs> and you've, you've just met another one. So, so there we go. Um, yes, my poker play, very mediocre at this moment. Probably even worse now. I play, I am like relegated to just playing my home league once a month at this point, which I am winning though. And we send that person to the main event, so. Perhaps oh, nice. Next year. That's Perhaps. always a good, good win. Do you guys do point a point system? Yeah, we do a point system. There's 27 people in the league. So we play 12 times a year. And within that 12 times, you get two points drops. So your top 10 scores get accumulated for that. So uh, nice. we've, we've played seven tournaments so far. And I've won two of those seven. So I think if I win one more, I'll be pretty close to not completely sealing it up. But um, we're getting there. We're getting close. I have a big lead at the moment. So hopefully, because I have not played the main. 
It is a bucket list item for me. I actually, I it's embarrassingly enough, I never play the the main. I always play a lot of side events: the Millionaire Maker, the mm. Colossus, the Ladies Event, and then a bunch of like fifteen hundred dollar events. PLO, PLO eight, some of my favorites. We're doing uh, running really? back now. Yeah, I'm going to grab us Kenneth Gainwell here. Um, I want to up my ownership to him, and we can see that there's certain players on our team that we haven't even taken them with yet. So, again, let's get a unique roster. Let's grab uh, Gainwell here. Let's fucking go. Gainwell. We would normally be, we'd normally be looking at Tim Patrick. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL at practice today, so he will be out for the rest of the year. So those are can other things you need to be cognizant of. Can you do something crazy like just pick all wide receivers? You have to have at least one quarterback and two running backs. You have to be able to field a team. So you could do one quarterback, two running backs, one tight end. So then you would have 14 wide receivers. There are strategies out there where people will take just one quarterback or one tight end. They'll just take one elite player at that position. The YOLO strategy? Basically, I don't I don't hate it completely. I just think that you're limiting your upside a bit by not having a second player. Because usually I only want two quarterbacks, maybe three, depending on where I draft my first one. Um, same with the tight end position. They're called like the onesie position because you're technically only starting one of those positions. So, again, you do not want as many of those. And as particularly with quarterback, you can't put them in your flex spot. They're, they're not allowed to play. That was going to be my next question. Right. There are leagues called super flex where you can play two quarterbacks and that changes everything. It changes the way you draft and everything about it. So they're fun, but the standard is you can only play one quarterback no matter what. Is the variance a little higher in those leagues? Um, I, Like I'm curious what the differences would be if you could accumulate points with multiple quarterbacks. So the variance is, I don't know if it's higher, but the strategy changes where you will see, you didn't see it. We took the first quarterback, right? And this draft, and we took him in like the third or fourth round. And when you go to the Superflex league, every quarterback gets taken basically in right the first away. four rounds. Yeah. Like they are just swallowed up because they produce more points than every other position. So now yeah. you're saying you can play two of them. So it's if you can get two high value quarterbacks, you got to come. You could theoretically have a massive edge over the field, right? So that's then you got to think about like your draft position. You draft one overall, yeah, you get the best quarterback, but now you have to wait 23 picks before your next one. And how many of those quarterbacks are going to be gone? So, so how do you, how do you get picked for a draft position? It's randomized. So. You once the thing fills up, they'll randomize where your spot is every single time, and that's where you draft from. So you're never on these ones particularly, you're never picking your spot. You know, home leagues and stuff like that, you can do different things for that. But um, yeah, with these, it's everything needs to be as random as possible so that there's no edge for anybody. You don't want the same one person drafting. 150 times from the five spot because right. he thinks that's the best position. So just like um, 
generating a seed at a poker table. You're just randomizing it to start in general, if it's not a cash game, obviously, for a tournament. Yeah, I would think like your position of draft uh, would depend on what your strategy is. If you mm -hmm. have a strategy to see like what your opponents are picking and adjust to that because you're playing against your other players, it'd be good to go like in the mid range. Mm -hmm. But then if you want specific players, it'd be better to go earlier on. I don't know. I don't, I'm just guessing at this point. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. So like if you wanted like Jonathan Taylor, for example, he's considered the number one player by most, um, overall so like you usually have to get the first pick to get that guy you know he might fall to you at the second pick here and there maybe the third if you're like considered super lucky um but yeah if you wanted that player you're gonna have to you and you want to up your exposure to him it's like well now every time i get the 101 i need to pick this player because i can't get him anywhere else right yeah. and that's kind of how the first round goes so after that it gets a little different once you get to the second and third round because players are starting to cycle differently. But right now, like I was telling you at the beginning, there's a core five of players. Generally, you can't get those five players outside of the top five picks. Occasionally, one of them will slide. So if you want one of those guys, you have to hope for the, five, the top five spots. And then to your the other point you made, which is fantastic, is building your strategy around where, where you're drafting. Mm -hmm. So... You're really, for me, I'm thinking of my strategy with the first player I take. Like if I'm drafting a running back in the first round, like what kind of running back build do I want? Do I want to take like really good running backs early and take less of them? Or do I want to take one really good running back and push them? So there's so many different well, strategies. Well, I would, I guess if like you're in the mid range, you would adjust what you would take based off of your position. Like to me, if I'm wanting the best quarterback and I'm mm -hmm. first to draft or second to draft, I already know what my strategy is. But then if I say, okay, I'm going to be in the mid range of drafting and someone's already taken that good quarterback, my next strat is going to be taking a really good running back or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like yeah. I would adjust my strategy based on where I land with the draft. I don't know how soon before the draft, you know, your position. Do you know? It's a, it's it's about one minute before the draft. Oh well, yeah, that's, that's what you're that's what you're looking at because you're waiting for the draft to fill. We were lucky; our draft filled as soon as we signed in. Um, sometimes you have to wait a few minutes, but you wait for that draft to fill. It'll auto generate your position, and then it'll give you a sixty second countdown. I think so. I think you should be cognizant of how you want to build based on where you're drafting from, but you have to take into account that the other players might not do what they're typically supposed to do because that, that happens, you know, so you have to adjust to the players around you. Um, just like poker, you have to know what you, you can look at. You brought it up earlier, looking at what your opponents are building. Does it adjust your strategy? And it can absolutely. If you're noticing a guy doing something different, um, but you really don't know what kind of build you're going for until maybe the third or fourth round, I would say, typically. You could be cognizant of what you want to do, and maybe that does tie break some of the players you're taking. But for me, I'm just taking 
player combos a lot of time for myself. I know a lot of people aren't doing that, but I'm like, well, if I have this guy, how often do I have him with this guy? Maybe I want to get that player combo. And then I'm trying to adjust, which is probably not something that everyone else is doing, to be perfectly honest. Um, something because I think they don't have the $25 a month overlay. Exactly. It, and you cannot see those combos without an overlay, like not to just sell our product here, but yeah, like that's been the main thing over the last three weeks that has changed the way I've drafted is seeing my combinations with players. Did you just release this product? We released it about three or four weeks ago, maybe a little longer. My whole timeline is a bit fuzzy on that, but it's been about a month, I would say, that it's been out. And it's been getting upgraded every day, just about. Our development team has been adding stuff almost daily. So it's it's been really helpful. one thing I think I screwed up on this team is we probably waited a bit too long for tight end. We're definitely going to have to grab three, but that's okay. Right now we have a two, five, seven, one build. I think we can grab, let's have fun. So here's something. Taysom I've been Hill. telling you this whole time. We need to get a tight end. We need to get a tight end. You haven't been listening. I know. I did not get the <laughs> tail end. I, I, <laughs> I missed out on the tail end, but we're going to draft Taysom Hill. Now Taysom Hill is a little bit unique because he's listed as a tight end, but he plays almost every position on the field at points, including quarterback. Oh, wow. So if he ever lines up at quarterback, we're still going to get those points in the tight end position. So it's a really minuscule chance that it, that it matters at all. But if his quarterback gets hurt and he comes in and plays quarterback, we have this positional edge that's like ridiculous compared to the field. Again, the black swan effect. Right. <laughs> Explain the black swan effect. So, you know, the book, the black swan Talib, yes, the, yep. it basically talks about how it's not really like predicting. We, the best, the most impactful things in our lives don't happen based off of us being able to predict them. The, biggest impact are the things that we can't predict the one off the black swan event the Mm. random event that we didn't see coming that either destroys us or or you know makes us really rich or whatever the case may be so the black swan event event he may play as a quarterback in a really big game and you may end up you know winning two million dollars exactly and the percentage of that happening is probably under one percent but just like us living in a simul- simulation, it's greater than zero, right? The outliers, yes, yes. Yeah. So I have been taking him here and there. And if we have to take three tight ends, I think he's one of those tight ends that I don't mind taking a swing on here. We have two picks left. Let's look at some of our wide receivers. They are all wait, wait, wait. really uh, gross. So- so we see their name in yellow sometimes, and then versus, uh, then we see the yellow somewhere else. So explain to me what that means. So the yellow is just showing me that my quarterback matches up okay. with these, right? So we have Aaron Rodgers. So we see Randall Cobb, who's on Green Bay as well, light up yellow. Green is just some sort of correlation with players that we already have. Uh, so is he playing Green Bay on like week 17, what you were saying? Is that why it's yellow? 
It's yellow because they match up on the same team. But it, that's this oh, is green okay. because Tim Patrick is playing Kansas City on. Um, so like Chris Evans is playing against our quarterback. To your point, uh, on okay. week seventeen. So we that's have Josh what I Allen. To know. Okay. Yeah. So yes, that is a great thing to to point out. So we'll grab Chris Evans. Um, we're gonna take six running backs just based on the way that we drafted this team. Normally, I like eight wide receivers but we hit a lot of wide receivers early so i don't think adding like a random possibly non-existent workload wide receiver makes sense right now and i think what we have to do is add another tight end with some upside here so i'm gonna let you pick this one i like trey mcbride i like daniel bellinger um but if anyone else stands out to you um uh scroll down sure uh, Trey McBride, you only use six percent of the time, which is high for him because he usually goes undrafted. What about Adam uh, Troutman? Yeah, I no? I would advise against him just because we just drafted um, the other tight end in New Orleans. Oh, okay, um, which other one were you recommending? Uh, Bellinger should be the starter in New York, and we can get him in the 18th round still. Let's let's get him. So, and we can see that we have only drafted him one percent of the time. That's probably a leak in my game right now. I don't even see that blue. To be honest, I know. I the great thing is we can change these numbers. I mean, these colors. So now that I'm looking at it like this, I might change the colors. It's nice when it's at zero. It's a very clean zero. You don't see it. Mm -hmm. But um, if it if it's a one there, yeah, it's a little tough to see see on screen. Yeah. Yeah, so I might change that um, for future streams. I kind of, I had to re-download the new overlay today, and I kind of just was assigning colors at random. So we'll make it a little bit better. So our team is drafted, and we've just won two million dollars. How do you feel? I feel great. I can't wait to get my check in the mail. Where are we going? Are we are we going to do like a joint vacation, or are we just going to just um, pass money and never hang out? I, w- I want to go to Ibiza, so let's do that. All right. We can probably do that let's, on two million dollars. Let's take a pill when we go there. I last time let's I went to the main event, I listened to that song on repeat, heading over to the Rio to play the was Six that Max. 2016. <laughs> oh, I think it was. I think it was. I think that's the last time I went and played. I think I played the three K Six Max that year. Yeah. So here's how, what's going to happen. We're going to get bottle service, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe in Ibiza, maybe in Vegas first. Maybe we'll fly out of Vegas. Then we'll okay. go to Ibiza. But right. we have to spend stupid amounts of money on stupid things before we yeah. put some of it away. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You have to wear the ears, though. That's like my one. Like It's a guarantee at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you wore them while we won the $2 million, you obviously have to wear them as we go to Ibiza. Right. I agree. All right. I, so, I'm quite happy with our choices today. I think I did a very good job. I appreciate your assistance. You know, you, you did. You did a great job. So what we can do here is we can actually name this team Veronica. So I know which one we drafted together. And let's go through our team. And then I just want to ask you what you think of best ball. And then I'll let you get out of here. But we drafted Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Najee Harris, Chase Edmonds, Alexander Madison, Kenneth Gainwell, Kilo Herbert, and Chris Evans at running back. Devontae Adams, Gabe Davis, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, 
Brandon Ayuk, Sky Moore, Christian Watson at wideout. And at tail end, we drafted Noah Fant, Taysom Hill, and Daniel Ballinger. We just won $2 million. We just won $2 million. Yeah, guaranteed. So what is your initial impression on best ball, not just our... So best not just ball, the not, overlay. Not just the overlay. People are asking if you're going to be in the best ball streets now. I might be in the best ball streets. So it's very user-friendly. I really like the dashboard. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, working in software myself. I think making uh, data and information very streamlined and uh, very good usability is a win for me. It kind of walks you through the whole process. So it's nice, uh, easy to use. And I've learned a lot watching you go through this process and I appreciate you talking me through it. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great application and I, it seems like a lot of fun and it's cheap and easy, baby. You win $2 million <laughs> for 25. Come on. Exactly. And like I said, if you were jumping in, they have the $5 contest where you can just kind of like get your feet wet a little bit. You're not spending a ton of money. Um, so this site that we drafted on is called underdog who I think does have the best interface out of all the sites. Uh, DraftKings does have a version. Their interface is not the greatest, to be honest. They have a great contest. They have a $5 contest that you can win a million dollars on, but the interface is really tough to, so, to navigate. Let me ask you the prize pool. Do mm -hmm. they always hit their, their minimum? Do they ever get the, an overlay? The, so the, the underdog one is going to hit, they're going to, they're going to fail. And the DraftKings one is probably going to fail. There is a site called Drafters, which is a newer site. They are doing a $20 tournament. That's a pretty large one that is going to overlay for sure. And part of the discussion I've been having with Eric, who is the founder of Spike Week, is I plan on maxing out some of these other tournaments. And I'm wondering if I should be transferring some of that money that I was going to max out in these tournaments to there because of that overlay. And I'm just not sure what I want to do with that spot yet, to be perfectly honest. Um, their tournament runs a little bit different. There is not a playoff format. It's a week 17. It goes through week 17. And of the, let's say it's 50,000 people, the person that scores the most points in those 17 weeks wins first place. So it's oh, nice because you're, because you're not, you're not thrown in like you can't you could have had the best team last year and then you have one bad week 16 and boom you're out of the tournament with that one at least it's just cumulative scoring so that's um that's a nice little thing that's a nice little wrinkle for them it sounds to me every description you give me of these things it sounds so much like poker it sounds like it parallels poker in I a think, lot of ways i think it is and that's why i like to i been trying to bring more poker players on because it really reminds me of poker uh, i make a lot of poker comparisons when i'm drafting uh, based on certain situations or people that we're dealing with in the rooms like like you said um when you sit down at a poker table women get a bad rep i've always i've seen it every time i've gone to a to a game you sit down people will be like there's a woman at the table she probably sucks Right. Like that's what people say. And what I have to tell everybody, it's like, yeah, she probably does suck. But you know who else sucks? The other you nine do. guys that are sitting <laughs> around her. Right. Everybody sucks. 
because most people are not good at poker. So yeah. yeah, she's probably bad, but the other eight guys at the table are probably bad too, right? So um, yeah. when you're in a room, you need to look at and see what people are doing. We saw that guy draft Jameis Winston six rounds early. So now we know that like, okay, we might get an edge just based off of that one guy. But if every other player at the table is good, then you're all getting that edge and it's minimized, right? Because everyone's just taking advantage of that. So there's a lot of par- there's a lot of parallels to poker. It is all game theory stuff. You are looking to build your best lineups. You are looking to it's just not nearly as solved as poker is, is what I would say. Uh, are you supplementing any of your um, picks with more analytics on the side? Like, are you running anything else besides your overlay? I personally am not. I can go to. So the other thing that I do, because I brought it up, our site Spike Week, when we go to this, uh, where is it? We go to draft tools, we go to draft IQ, some of the stuff I'm looking at, this can break down every single team that I've drafted, right? So Mm -hmm. we can see that on underdog specifically, I have drafted 243 teams and I can crunch the numbers based on that. I can look look at my exposures for like MVS is my most owned player across the board, along with Dearness Johnson. I can see that my average draft position on him is 88 and it's actually negative. It's three spots. Like I'm getting a bad value theoretically on him. Um, But we look at like Julio Jones, who I was drafting a ton of when he was in the 18th round. And when he signed with a new team, he's jumped up the board tremendously. So we can see that I drafted him very well in comparison to the field. Right. So now I need to know, like, I'm not going to draft Julio Jones anymore. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at stuff like this. Um, I'm looking at player combinations, trying to see how often I have them. So when I click on the exposure tab, I can actually click. I can say, I want to see how many times I have Christian McCaffrey with A.J. Brown, let's just say. So this all piggybacks off of your overlay data right they're they're one and the same that overlay is from us and then it sends all the data to our site here for you to look through ah. basically we're creating spreadsheets for you that you don't have to instead of and pouring is, hours and hours and hours over yeah it. yeah this is included in the 25 dollars a month absolutely yeah it gives you oh, all shit. access to all of this I'm a big analytics fan people make data driven yeah. decisions get this this sounds awesome actually yes so you can see, like, just I drafted Christian McCaffrey and A.J. Brown uh, in the tournament we just did. I've done it four times. So I've, I've done it 5% of the time that I've drafted. But now I can look and see of that four times, I've drafted, I've drafted Christian Kirk three times with them. And it's like, all right, should I have drafted? Should I be cognizant of the fact of that? It's not on purpose, obviously. But now I know that. It's like, okay, so if I do this player combo again, Maybe I want to make sure I don't draft Christian Kirk with them just so I'm not drafting the same team over and over and over again. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I'm looking at on the side. I want to look at some of my quarterback stacks with his wide receivers and make sure that I'm not overexposing some of those stacks unless I really want to. 
where like I want Mahomes and MVS, but yeah, it all the analytics you want you can do on this, and we break it down per site that you draft on. So again, this was on Underdog. We we have this covered for drafters and DraftKings as well. So you can go to DraftKings. You can see that I've drafted seventy eight teams on DraftKings, and then it just boom pops up all my exposures and the same exact data as the other one. I'm assuming so. this is a SQL database. <laughs> I, I'm just the handsome man that does the streams and shows it. I do not develop it, to be perfectly honest. That is not my... Very cool. Uh, I'm impressed. I really bag. like this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's cool. So, um, yeah, if you do want to jump in the Best Ball Streets, we can throw you some promo codes as well so that you can... Uh, you're in California. You should be able to play on Underdog and DraftKings and all those. And you can do yeah. a mobile. The only problem with the mobile version, um, it's... It's nice to do on the go, but the overlay only works on desktop, which on Macs you know, too. Does the de- does it work on Macs? It's a it's a Google Chrome extension, so I believe yeah, you, you can use Chrome on Chrome, Macs. I'm not a Mac person, but I was just asking for the Mac people out there who are listening. I have both because I'm cultured. So, <laughs> anyways, it's been a blast having you here. I think talking through some of the, you know. We got really advanced. We got more advanced than I thought we were going to, but you were a great guest to uh, bring some well, of that out. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for showing me all of your uh, fantasy football stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem now. Let's win $2 million. And uh, yeah, easy peasy now. My job is done. Your Send job me is my done. Money. And January 2nd, I'll be sending you some money and we'll be going to a visa. Anything yes. you want to promote before we jump out of here? Uh, no, I don't have really anything to promote right now. I'm in, in, like in between, I'm going to LA to start a new podcast with, uh, uh, one of the owners of Hustler Live and we're going to be doing like a spinoff of Hustler Live. We're going to be interviewing some of the players on there and just kind of doing some poker gossip. And then I'm going to be doing, going to Cleveland and doing, uh, giving away WPT, ladies championship seats we're going to have a ladies weekend in cleveland um and i'll be hosting that so uh that's end of august cleveland is very different than ibiza cleveland is but cleveland is like the good old-fashioned hometown place you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's just a good place it's just like cool people fun people like everyone's very chatty they play poker they're just wild like i haven't seen that kind of wild stuff happen since like i learned how to play poker in edmonton alberta so it it is a lot of fun cleveland's a fun place and i um i'll be doing four visits to cleveland in the next year i signed with their casino so that's awesome that's that's yeah yeah and they're and they're just like Whatever you want to do. The contract was like a paragraph and they're like, just come to see us uh, four times. And I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? They're like, whatever you want. So I'm like, let's have a ladies weekend. They said, okay, done. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it sounds like stuff like that is going to help grow the game and, you know, get more oh, yeah. players in. And- yeah, especially uh, WPT wanting to promote um, ladies events and ladies in poker and, uh, having a proper ladies championship event in December at the win 
is like something we've been waiting for because it, it kind of feels like the World Series of Poker Championship Ladies event is like it's a great event. It's my favorite event, but I think a lot of uh, not. I think a lot of people kind of look down on it. Like, oh, it's only a thousand dollar buy-in. It's like not really an event, but it is a, a real championship ev- yeah. event. But the win is putting on a WPT ladies championship. And I think it's a $1,600 event and it's one of their bigger events during that series. So I'm pretty excited. And it's also going to be televised. So oh, that's very cool. I will be, if you guys follow me on Twitter, angry underscore Polak, uh, I was born in Poland, so it's not derogatory, <laughs> but, uh, I will be posting about it if you want to follow me. Nice. And you can probably go jump in her discord as well and, uh, get some, more I do have a there. discord. Yeah. I, it's a little private cause it's a little spicy, but I do have uh, like, other discords I'm a part of that are a little more poker related. I have a spicy well, discord. There's a thirst section in my discord. Interesting. We'll have to talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just to go to the the women's the ladies tournament point, I play poker with a with a bunch of women around here, and every time Foxwoods has their women's tournament, they get so excited for it. They love playing it. So I I, th- I love ladies events. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that's an awesome thing, and again, it helps get more people into the game, which is what we should be doing for poker for best ball. We should be looking to get more and more people in. Um, and be I mean, it shouldn't just be more women. It should be more minorities. More. It should be more, um, you know, queer folks so that they feel comfortable in the space. Like it's supposed to be an inclusive place, more uh, people with disabilities. And it should be more of that. It shouldn't be centered around, you know, dudes, just exactly. regular old dudes. So. Right. No, I completely agree. I, and I do think the one thing that Best Ball does is, I've never seen anybody not be inclusive in the platform. So that is what I, I do love about the best ball community. So you should jump in our discord on spike week and uh, join some Send of the, me the link and I'll join. I think I did. I join your discord. Send me the link. I'll join it. If I have right. it. Sounds good. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We will catch you next week where uh, we'll talk about more football stuff. 